Welcome to George and Charlie off the bridle in association with Fitstairs. Yes, we know we've been on a rather extended break for all manner of excuses and reasons, but we're here now and so is Joseph O'Brien. So sit back and enjoy episode four from series three. George Scott, Charlie Fellows and myself, Tony Rushmer are back in business and the world is a very different place since we last recorded. Yes, Charlie Fellows is a group winning trainer on these shores, not just once but twice, eh Charlie? Tell us all about it. Do you want to tell them all about it, George? Well, thank, thank, thankfully I was heavily involved in the first one. Uh, because she was our very own Eve Lodge. I mean, how ironic that and how special that she f- was f- was sourced through this podcast. Well, my first group win ended up lining your pockets, so, <laughs> so <laughs> there is a touch of irony there. As I said to you at the time, it was the toss-up between X thousand and you winning a group race, and I was very much on the on the periphery of both. <laughs> but no, honestly, I'm. D- obviously super delighted and um you've been knocking on the door i mean you've just had any manner of different important winners but it just those um, domestic group winners had slightly eluded you until now yeah both races were so straightforward and it just seems to you know not only do you need to have the best horse in the race but you need to have so much luck and eve lodge just couldn't really have worked out any better she had the perfect draw and put the race to bed and beat two nice colts and the dream looked good. She looked really good. And she's made things look hard every time. She always seems to do something wrong, break slowly, get into trouble, and just was so simple on Saturday. So She showed a nice. really, really good attitude, actually, I thought. And I'd actually questioned her attitude a couple of times because she has been breaking out the stools quite slowly. And I thought, oh, are you just thinking about it for half a stride? And yeah, on Saturday, she couldn't have, broken any quicker and got a nice position right in the middle and just as you say just really toughed it out and actually was going away at the line again so. yeah funny enough I was just thinking driving over here about about you as a trainer and you know um compliments are few and far between but I tell you what you do do you seem to have a real understanding of your good horses at a very very early stage you know Eve Lodge for Dream you know, they were finished that you talked to me about after their first, second pieces of work. And they didn't, Eve Lodge became a good filly very quickly. The dream was on her way on Assis and things. But it's something that you, you know, you talked about. In Gisati, I've said it all along. Yeah. People doubted him after. No, you've been, and you know, and, and then I would imagine for our listeners, the filly that you love was beaten at Nottingham the other day. And I would fully expect her to go on and be a love good her. filly. What's her name? Fresh hope. Yeah, no, so that so what what is what do you think that is about you that you you know that you seem to have a real understanding for these horses early on? I mean I don't know. I, I think I think maybe the way that we work them, I'm not overly hard on them, but at the same time, you know, I give a horse an opportunity if 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 I want them to go go on and just take a couple of lengths out of their work partners, then they're allowed to. And I think you can just see the ease. You know, Fresh Hope is a great example. She's never come off the bridle. And as a result, she's been beaten twice because she's never come <laughs> off the bridle. And both times at Newcastle and at Nottingham, she looked green as grass when she was went to put the race to bed. And that is purely a result of how easy she has found everything at home. And she's a big girl. She's going to be 
a, a nice filly next year. I'm, I'm as excited about her as I have been about any two-year-old that's come through my hands so far. She's she's could be proper next year. And Charlie, can I just ask, Is it does it feel like a, a bit of a monkey off the back winning a domestic group race? Because I know we've sort of joked about it a bit and obviously George was ahead in that race uh, with James Garfield. But did it feel that it was something you needed to put on the CV despite those three Royal Ascot winners? Definitely. Definitely, oh, definitely. Group, winning group races is, is absolutely crucial. We've had a lot of black type and we've had a lot of places in group races, but, you know, to do it with a filly, to do it with fillies, and, you know, we could easily have had three individual group winning fillies this year because Anassis, in my opinion, was very unlucky at Glorious Goodwood in the Oak Tree. And that would have been, for a, for a small yard, like 65 not horses. not a small yard. You just always bang on about being a small With yard. With 60-odd horses. You're, you're, look, at, look outside the window. Yeah, the yard itself there's is thousands big, of but empty there's only... Boxes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, I hear, but I just, that's, you're not a small yard. You know, you, you're not a small yard. You're a, you're, you're a well-established yard now, and the pressures that come with that are very real. Mm. And thankfully this year you've, um, you know, you, you've taken it to the next level and hopefully you'll be rewarded with that. Um, as these uh, next couple of weeks unfold. And George, how's how's things? What's yeah, good. New? It's a good we, September. Winners yeah, yeah. on the board. Absolutely. No, we've had a, we've had a we've had a pretty solid last few weeks. We've had um, a few winners, a couple of nice fillies, um, nice just... physical kick on girl. So she she could well look. I know it's slightly. Well, it's not a pie in the sky at all. She beat some well bred fillies that day. She could come back for a Lingfield Oaks trial or a Chester a Chester or something like that. So that's the news of Fellows and Scott. Time now for our very special guest, Joseph O'Brien. Joseph, on behalf of us all, thanks so much for joining us. And just in case you missed it, our guest today has an unbelievable CV. Here's just a taster. Derby and Guineas winning jockey on Camelot. Irish and Epsom Derby winner aboard Australia. And Breeders' Cup turf winning rider on St Nicholas Abbey. It's also an excellent trainer, St. Ledger and Irish Derby winning trainer, in fact. And last but not least, a two-time Melbourne Cup winner. And perhaps the most amazing stat of all is that Joseph's not even 30. He's not even 29. Quite incredible. Joseph, lovely to see you. Thank you very much for coming to... Th- thanks for having me, George. For, jo- for joining us. Just listening to that CV, I was just cracking up, comparing Char- Charlie's CV against yours. <laughs> Two group three winners were absolutely over the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like like a returning hero to Newmarket after a group three winner. Um, but no, we know you've been a long-standing fan of the podcast since, since day one, because I remember bumping into you in Deauville. It's, I think Charlie had said something to, to get your heckles up slightly. Um, so I was... What did I say? What did I know? Something. I can't quite remember. I remember when it first started and you were promoting it and I knew how I listened to a couple of episodes and there was something I think I sent you did I send I think I sent you a text or something I thought was funny and something um, in Deauville because I actually thought there might be a bit of ag and I was trying to like stare yeah, it yeah, up we a little were, bit we're, it was we were having a bit of a wind up <laughs> I can't remember you exactly you pop at the family <laughs> it didn't go yeah. down well that's not true um, but no listen Joseph it's great to see you and actually uh, we're delighted to have you obviously here here for the sales and whilst we're on sales sort of topic because you've got to be so active both in the yeah. jumps and the, obviously on the flat and how do you juggle your time yeah well, well i actually enjoy the sales i enjoy working the sales then again myself do 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 all the looking and make our own lists and and, uh, and we do all the work ourselves so it's something that i enjoy doing it is time consuming 
Uh, there's no two ways about it, but it's something that I enjoy doing and it's something that I think makes a difference to, to actually be there and seeing the horses that ultimately you're going to train yourself and the things that you can deal with and things that maybe other people might not be able to deal with and trying to find a bit of value. No, definitely. I mean, and it, it, it's it's interesting, you know, Tony talked about the success you've had and a lot of those horses aren't the blue-blooded, most expensive horses that, you know, that people are ever sent. And that's obviously down to, you know, that hard, that thorough hard work at the sales. For yeah. example, your Glen Eagles filly. Yeah, you yeah. Know, funny yeah. enough, I, do you, you won't remember, but I came up to you after you bought that filly and she was 20, 25 grand, wasn't she, from Vouts. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved her. And she, she, she just had a little ish, issue on the vet. And I yeah. said to you, Joe, the understanding of how you, the, you mapping out her future and she's turned out to be a 20 grand absolute bargain, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, she, that particular filly had an issue with a knee on her x-ray. So as I train on a hill gallop and have a wood chip surface, I would give her a great chance of standing, of staying sound. Uh, for she'd have a, a much better chance of staying sound on my gallop than what she would in most gallops around the world. So, given the price and the physical, you know, it was worth a chance. And some of them work, and some of them don't work. But she was one that did work. She, she obviously uh, has been a very good filly this year. But but um, uh, that was why I, I was able to take a chance on her because of my facility and the surface on my gallop. That's where I can get a bit of value in the market. And even sometimes horses that are a bit offset a little bit crooked that a lot of people can't forgive um, because they train on a poly track or on a flatter surface where you have a few more issues um, um, I, I can I can take a chance and that's an area of the market that we can get a bit of value in. Fantastic there's this sort of mythical sort of element about where you train mm-hmm. up on the hill mm-hmm. and it's and just tell us a little bit about the setup there and how was that was it your mother that had it originally or how did it come about that you ended up yeah. there so originally it was my mum's dad and he he was he was a breeder mainly a farmer and a breeder and uh, one year he had a couple of fillies that he couldn't sell and this was his farm it was basically it's basically just a big a big hill you know but just over 100 acres of, of, of land and it's on the side of a hill and um, he used to canter canter the fillies up the hill every day got them fit and they ended up winning some races and then some of the local farmers who had fillies that they couldn't sell sent him a few more fillies and won more races and eventually he ended up a trainer more than a farmer and and originally put in a plow surface and then as artificial surfaces came out there was a wood chip and um and it, it, the gallop is exactly the same as where it was when he where he used to canter the fillies up the hill the exact same incline up the same place it's obviously come on a lot since then but it's uh, it's that that's how it started and then when my mum was I think mum was 22 and as his numbers got bigger he went from being a restricted uh, trainer to an open train a public trainer and my mum got the license she went up to do the course and got the license and I think she was then champion trainer a couple of years later really yeah yeah and then and then uh, at the time dad was working for Jim Bulger as an amateur and he got a bad injury and he came to help mum and then today is that how they met uh, they had met previously so they were going out and when he got injured he came to help mum and he couldn't ride out for Jim no, Bulger anymore I better go and help yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and and, uh, and he, he never went back he never went back to Jim's and um then when I was born he took the license over from mum and um yeah he, he then went to Ballydale obviously a number of years later 
Would you take as much from your mother's skills as you've taken from your father's skills and advice? Would you take as much from both? Yeah, absolutely. I've, 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 I've never worked for anyone else, you know, so so I, everything that I know about racing and horses, I've learned from them and and uh, the people associated with us. And um, um, I've been very lucky to have an incredible education. And I mean, to grow up in... Uh, firstly, the hill, and then at Ballydoyle. I mean, I mean, it's it's uh, incredible, really, when you look back at the horses and the jockeys and the people that that uh, I've been with all you know all my life, really. I sort of wonder sometimes when I think about your upbringing and the fact that it's there's all of you around the table having supper. Does conversation ever extend to beyond the racehorse, or is it just? 24/7. No, it, it does, but it, but it is twenty four seven as well. And I mean, I, I don't think this is an industry whereby um, it's any, anything other than a way of life. I mean, it, it really does take take over your life. And I, I think if it doesn't, you're probably in the wrong game because because there's lots of good days, but there's a lot more bad days. And and um, your ability to take defeat and and take it on the chin and move on is it's very important to do that. And I think having a good structure. And good people around you that understand is a big help. Do you miss the riding? No, I, yeah, I don't. No, no. You don't? No, no. Because no. I think me and you are quite alike in that sense. You know, we both, <laughs> both got a little bit too heavy, had to yeah. hang up our boots. <laughs> I, do, my, I do remember you uh, riding out in Newmarket. His legs literally like, dragging along either side of this. Do you still ride the pony? Do you still ride you the still, pony? Uh, no. Would you be much heavier now than you were a few years ago or not? Yes. Would you? Yes. What would you weigh now? I don't want to talk about it. I'm carrying, I'm carrying a little bit of holiday weight right cut now. Some of that mop off. When are you going to cut I your am hair? I'm going to get a haircut. I am. At, least, at, at least you have shaved this week. I did. I shaved last this morning. Time, the last time I saw Charlie, he had a stubble. He, he had old pair of jeans that were. I'd you have you've had them for ten years. There was rips. Was there was Gosh. rips. There was rips in them. They were faded. And, no, that's and, the and, look. That's and, the look. I mean, that's it really was. It Joseph. really was. I want to be one of the kids. I, I couldn't believe your presentation in public. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, when you were riding, obviously, you know, there was it was just an incredible rise, and of course, you know, you were your aid and son and everything. But everyone, you won over everyone, didn't you? By the end, I mean, I'm just say, asking you not not for you to answer that, but you did. Well, I didn't. Be, I, I don't know about that, but I really think you did. I really think you were, you know, in your own right were, were a wonderful rider and just tell me about that day at the Breeders' Cup that famous day when the, you know the commentator it was one of the most iconic pieces of history in the Breeders' Cup and it's Father's Day in the Breeders' Cup would that have been on St Nicholas Abbey would that have been one of the pinnacles yeah, yeah. for you yeah there's no doubt there's no doubt about that yeah the Breeders' Cup is to be honest when I heard it I was riding the horse because I, I thought Ryan was going to ride him because obviously Ryan was riding most of the horses so Michael had um, a Judmont horse in the race. I can't remember his name. It might have been C Moon. And anyhow, when even when I heard that I was riding the horse, that was incredible because to have a ride at the Breeders' Cup was was I extraordinary. Mean, so, and I remember before the race, I was trying to take it all in and and looking into the stand and just enjoying the experience. And then for the horse to win was 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 something else. And I and mean, he it, took off as well. Didn't yeah, it? he bolted in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was really good horse on his day. So so you know he 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 was an incredible horse. But yeah, to ride him was incredible, and for him to win was. Yeah, it was right up there, George. It was fantastic. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just one of the most iconic pieces of footage that they now go back to, isn't it, with everyone celebrating and then yeah. the commentators. It's great. And the derby? 
How yeah. did it compare? I mean, the, the derby obviously is just so vitally important, especially yeah. in your upbringing, and that must have been incredible to contribute to that. Yeah, I suppose the derby was there was a lot of pressure on Camelot. Um, he was odds-on favorite, and I don't think Dad had won the race for ten years. So, so it was it was very important, and he'd won the guineas, and he was going for a mile up to a mile and a half. So there was a lot of relief when when Camelot won. Where Saint Nicholas Abbey, there was no pressure. He was eight or ten to one and and uh and uh it was i was kind of enjoying the experience whereas there was a lot of pressure on for camelot and he kind of had to win you know so so that was that was there was a lot of relief involved when he won as well but amazing to ride in the derby and like to win it is is something else do you ride out no never i i ride out on a sunday morning weather weather permitting he's in the car (laughs) yeah He's in the car filming the dogs for his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's too busy. Yeah, so yeah, I ride out on a Sunday morning because I enjoy doing it. And and um, but but no, I don't I don't ride out anymore at all. I'm too heavy to ride out now. Saint Nicholas Abbey aside, which of the other Bally Doyle horses that you rode would you love to have trained or would love to train? Um, I suppose um, um, Australia was an incredible horse. So you think was a really really good horse. And um, I, I, another horse that I really enjoyed was Acceleration. He bumped into Frankel a lot, but he was a really top horse. Um, like if Frankel wasn't, if Frankel wasn't around, he was, he was the bee's knees. But I was just a lot of really good horses, Tony. So I was very lucky. And I remember um, that day at York when you rode St Nicholas Abbey, yeah, didn't yeah, you, yeah, against yeah. Frankel? Yeah. I mean, I remember St Nicholas Abbey winning that day the previous mm. year, and yeah. looking like he was thrown in yeah, at the yeah, quarter yeah, pole. Yeah, yeah. That was Frankel's day, wasn't it? Do you remember what that oh, was like yeah. seeing him loom up like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I was just getting into top gear, and he just went past me in two strides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frankel was the most unbelievable horse. I mean, he really was. We did everything. We did everything to try and to try and. And uh, knock him off his off his uh, stool. We went fast. We went slow and <laughs> done everything. He he was just an incredible horse, you know. So and uh, and um, I mean he's the best horse I ever saw. I'm sure most people would say that, you know. And well, no, Charlie's still adamant that Prince of Aaron on his day is maybe over two miles in Flemington. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that He's you guys you, you guys both have in common moving on to the Melbourne Cup I mean Charlie you, you've had some just extraordinary experiences out there you well, haven't actually, what, trailing him home trailing him home you what? That, don't you of course I do you're so boring <laughs> <laughs> um, no tell us about Australia because obviously I have been on the coattails mm. of Big Orange out there and it's just yeah. something very special and you've got a real affiliation with Australia and you have you know with Lloyd Williams and, the, mm-hmm. and you train for a lot of them and what do you I suppose, what do you enjoy about it? And secondly, what horse do you need to go and win it? Yeah, well, I suppose, firstly, it really, it really, the, the reach that that race has is incredible, you know, um, um, and uh, it's an incredible day's racing. For anyone who wants to go to any of the top days racing around the world, it has to be right up there on anyone's list. And uh, I'm very lucky to have the association with Lloyd and Nick Williams, who were a huge help to me when I, when I first went down there because they know so much about racing there. They know the jockeys there. They know the people, and and they know the type of horse that you need. So that was a huge, huge advantage uh, uh, for me, and um and uh, it. But it's an incredible race. I mean, you know, it, it people. It's a, it's a kind of a bucket list uh, race to go and 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 be there for that meeting once at least. Yeah, but Charlie, you're on a series, and you've had a you know it's, that horse is Prince of Anna's sort of really done everything for your career, and you you love going down there. Well, it's just I mean it's. It's just a, it's a great place to go and have 
runners. Like as I said, it is an, it, when they say it's a race that stops the nation, it really is a race that completely yeah. stops the nation. I've never seen anything like it, and it's just the whole the whole build up is great fun. Can I just ask you all what it is you most? In, I mean, three trainers around a table. What is it you most enjoy about training? What element is it that gets you up every morning? Joseph mentioned it's a way of life. What is it that you love that's so addictive, that's so all encompassing? It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? <laughs> it's the dream. Yeah, winners is like a. When, I know it's such a cliche, but it's like a. It's like a drug. You like just when you have a winner, it's just like no feeling that can be created by any other experience, in my opinion. I, I mean, what do you think, Joseph? It's the next winner, isn't it? Isn't it? And then it's yeah, and then it's the drive for the next one. Charlie, is there anything? I like dreaming. I, I, love, I love dreaming. Like I spend the whole time thinking about what could possibly be the next good one. What's the one that's gonna yeah, and then you watch a horse do a piece of work, a young horse do a piece of work, and it flicks clear, and you're like, this could, could be nice. And what about the, the satisfaction, again, for you all, about finding one that you think could be okay, and actually you start to peel the layers off, and, and actually they're a bit better than that, and you're suddenly nurturing what you thought might be an 80 horse, and suddenly is better than that, it's a group horse, and it comes to reality. What, what's that feeling of satisfaction like? And is there a satisfaction maybe at plotting one at a lower level? Yeah, I think every horse is in, you know, I know it's, again, it's sort of a bit of a cliche, but every horse is individual, but every owner is basically paying the bills and you're trying to do the best for each horse. But Joseph has so many good horses come through the flat and the jumps. Do you see these horses very early on their careers waving the flag, I'm a good horse, or does the way that that hill trains, do they present themselves, surprise you? Because my gallop is on the hill, I don't overtrain them at home. The gallop does a lot of the work and they never come off the bridle until they run, so... You can get a lot of pleasant surprises and some not-so-pleasant surprises. Horses that you think go well at home let you down a little bit and horses that surprise you. So uh, every horse is different. And some horses you think in the spring, mm. you know, we have a group horse. And some horses you think in the spring, you know, this guy's a bit immature and he turns out to be the group horse. So so, so I don't think you can... Um, it's very hard to judge horses for me at home. And, and I get them to a certain level, get them started and then becomes fairly obvious after a couple of runs as to where they're going to end up. Um, Joseph, can we just drill slightly into this hill and the way that you, the techniques that you use to train on the hill and the idea of training the horses on such a steep incline, like we do have Warren Hill here that's completely different. What are your sort of basic fundamentals of training? Do you see routine as key? Do you like speed, getting some speed into them, stamina, education? No, I think that the key is don't ruin, not to ruin them. You don't make them worse then you have a chance of getting some good horses. So if you give them an opportunity to, to fulfill their potential, whatever that is, whether, like you say, it's a 75 horse or 105 horse, if you can give the horse an opportunity to be sound and healthy and show on the track what level of ability he has, then that's, you're doing your job. So if you can try not to not to overwork them and give them a chance to, 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 to show what their level is, and that's really what, what, what we try to do. We can give every horse an opportunity to show wherever his level of ability is going to be. And some horses take some a couple of runs, some horses will peak early, some horses will take longer. But but we have a good routine and they come into the system and they get their canters and then we know you know, this one needs a bit more work. This guy is gonna to come to hand very easily and and uh, treat them accordingly and then give them an opportunity to be good and that's and that's and that's all you can do. As a trainer, if you don't ruin what you have and they're not all going to be good, but if you don't ruin them, give them a chance to be good, then that's that you're doing your job, you know. 
Where do you do your fast work with them? Surely not up this yeah, stiff incline. Yeah, yeah. So the gallop isn't isn't stiff all the way. It starts off and then it's, it's a gradual incline. It levels off and then it, and then it climbs up the last couple of furlongs. So the the stiffest part is the last couple of furlongs, which we don't use very often, mainly for the jumpers and the stairs. Two year olds would never go up there. So we're able to we're able to cater for for whatever the horse's needs are. And I mean, we have sprinters and three mile chasers. They're all trained on the same gallop, but their routines obviously vary. And do you, in this town, it tends to be Wednesday, Saturday for you boys with your fast work. Are you? Is that kind of the same? Uh, usually Saturday, usually just on a Saturday is my work day and, and uh, they just have a, a good routine, get a good base, fitness base into them otherwise. And then, and then I take them away a little bit. So probably take them away twice before their first run of the year. Some horses more, some horses less. And we go to the Curra usually. There's very good gallops on the Curra, grass gallops, wood chip gallops. Whatever you need, there's fantastic facilities at the Curra and it's less than an hour away. So, if you only gallop them once a week, would that be the same with you guys? I mean, m- yeah, once a week much. for I mean, proper, proper spin? Yeah, once or twice. Once I think I'd probably have a, I'd say my general canter would be probably a bit, my routine canter would probably be a bit stronger than a lot of people. And then I would work them less, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're very much working around building that core strength, core fitness, and then topping up with work rather yeah. than using the work to get them exactly. fit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And Joseph, obviously, you know, going to immense detail on it, but how does it differ from Bally Doyle and the process that your father goes through to find those stallion prospects and those race mares that are going to continue to, you know? Yeah, well, I think every trainer is, is different, but in, especially, say, Bally Doyle is an amazing facility where there's an array of gallops, grass gallops, <clears throat> wood chip gallops, um, and I just have one gallop. So so, so it, I think it took me probably the guts of a couple of years to get a system and get a routine that I think worked. And that I was comfortable with, and yeah, so it's basically a bit of trial and error. And yeah. you, you think that's a bit much or that's a bit less, and you say we'll try something different. And so I think it took probably took me a couple of years to get that to adapt uh, from that almost that belly door mentality. Yeah, well, I, like I say, I hadn't worked at belly door, so it was a very completely different facility to 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 right. train horses and fundamentally training the same you know healthy and fit and try and place them in the right races. But but yeah, I think it took me a bit of time to get a system that I thought it worked. So as a jockey to Aiden to at Ballydore, how much time are you spending there? Are you riding out every morning? Yeah, yeah. you are. You're riding out three, four lots, and um, yeah, at least there's lots. usually there's usually three or four lots. So yeah, work right all the work. Yeah, great. Yeah. And Joseph, tell us a little bit, obviously, about you know we all see who you are on um, racing perspective, and like what 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 are the th- like, what what do you enjoy doing? I mean, you know, you've got to switch off at times, yeah. you know. And do you have friends that live around? That aren't working for you yeah, or involved have, have in your, your form, man. <laughs> 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 you know, that, that don't live on the <laughs> Yeah. So there's a bit about what you enjoy outside of racing. Yeah, well, 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 there's a bunch of us in the yard. We play five aside once or twice a week. And to be honest, I just like to relax when, when you know, when, when I have a couple of days off or an evening off. I just like to take it pretty easy. Watch a bit of Netflix, take the dogs for a walk in the evening. Just very laid back, normal stuff. Um, yeah, like you, you get the squash. dogs jumping. You get the dogs jumping. Well, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You've <laughs> seen that on Instagram, dogs. yeah. Yeah, but listen, I just, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I just like taking take it easy when, when you do get a chance to kind of get off the the wheel so to speak it's it's nice to just relax and uh and um and yeah like i say enjoy we play play a bit of five aside play a bit of squash that kind of stuff just to get your mind away from it but really and truly like i say it's a way of life really sure. so so and, and i i love it so that's not you know have, have you ever given consideration 
to a life outside of racing? And if so, what other realms might have interested you? I've never, I've never given it any thought to be honest. So I've I've grown up in you know immersed in the industry from sure. from the time I was I was born. So so really I, I have no idea, but I'd, I'd imagine it would be some kind of sport. But outside of your own family. Who who else do you admire in the sport of racing and why? Which other figures? Well, well, well. I mean, there's some incredible people and some of the all time trainers that you would have read about, and your Vincent O'Briens, and I mean, I mean, yeah. And I would have read everything and watched every documentary on like Sir Henry and all the different people, and uh, you can get get all that old stuff on YouTube is incredible. And I've and and I've watched it watched it all, but you tried to pick up a little bit off as many people as you can. And I, I when I was younger, I used to love watching those old documentaries and you know the old BBC and Channel 4 yeah. uh, uh, footage of, of the trainers that you would have mm. heard about growing up as a kid and and I mean it's incredible to look back on, back on it and and do you feel your training style through necessity and the nature of the facilities that you have is very much your own or do you feel that it's steeped in what you've learned at Bally Doyle? Yeah I think everyone's no matter what your facility you have your own kind of touch and your own feel and you make your own decisions so I think every trainer has a slightly different way of training horses and and especially in Ireland where pretty much everyone has their own facility obviously there's a bunch of people on the Curra, but outside the Curra, everyone's facilities are vastly different it's the same here in, in, in the UK, I guess, outside of Newmarket and Lamburn. So you have to have your own your own uh, kind of system and your own way of doing things. So you've got the choice. You have a win- winner at Royal Ascot or you have a winner at Cheltenham. Oh, I haven't winner? had a Royal Ascot winner. Ascot, you haven't had an Ascot winner? No. You're yeah, joking. No, I've never had an Ascot you, Do you want one of mine? <laughs> I would love <laughs> one of yours. Charlie, I would love one of them. Do you have that? That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love one. Um, um, where, where yeah, 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 yeah. Cheltenham or Ascot? Ascot, yeah, yeah, really? yeah, 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 but like, um, uh, in fairness, they're two incredible meetings, but I haven't had an Ascot winner, I have a bunch of seconds and thirds, and, and, uh, but it's not good enough, sure, it's not. That's unbelievable, I didn't, never knew that. Yeah, yeah, well, now you do. <laughs> <laughs> you've yeah, won, you've yeah. won plenty of big races then, which is the one that you'd most like to win now, and why? Um, the Breeders' Cup is incredible. I, I like. I remember since I was a kid going to the Breeders' Cup, and that's an incredible meeting, an incredible week. So, so that's that. That's always something that you have to strive to try and even have a runner there is is huge. Yeah, it has got a magic about it when yeah. you go, hasn't it? It, it really, really, does, it really yeah. just kind of gets hold of you. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. I think you and I have been to the Breeders' Cup separately, haven't we? You went wet so You was, had another runner. I finished last. Yeah, and I beat three. So did you? You yeah. beat three. Okay. <laughs> I was with Delmar. It's tight. Delmar this year. Then, Any, what have yeah. you got? Um, I'm a, I have a couple of fillies. I have a two-year-old that may go, and I have an older filly that may go, and I have a call that might go. So, so I'm not sure. Trip way. anyway. That's the well. Thing. I, I probably, hopefully, yeah. what about the horse that won the Grade One over there? He's in America. He's in Australia at the moment. He's going to the Cox Plate. For years. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's in Werribee at the moment. Have you got anything for the cup? Have you got anything? For Twilight payments going again. Is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's in quarantine in Ireland at the moment. So, and so he goes straight to the cup. He yeah, yeah. So I've won. So I've stayed of rest <clears throat> down there, and he's going to the Cox Plate, and yeah. then Twilight's going down later on the second shipment. So it's really tough this year because it's not going to be a strong race mm, this year. Yeah, well, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have top weight. So, but yeah, it is what it is. And he's nine. He's nine year old down there as well. So he's 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 not getting any younger. But he had a very good run in the ledger last time, and he got there with a good chance. Hopefully, 
but it's tough. It's, it'll be very His tough. His win last, last year was unbelievable, considering yeah, yeah. how they didn't hang around and he managed oh, to yeah, stay he there. Yeah, led, led all the way, but that's, he likes to do that. One thing about yours is they're tough, and also you seem to be able to keep them sweet for a long time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They back up, don't they? Yeah. I mean, is that, just, is that just part of being sort of, you know, do you think that... That sort of strenuous, well, strenuous routine and uh, you know well, yeah. repetition. If yeah. they're able to take it, I think you just you, you need a horse that has a good aptitude for the game. I think that's the long that's the long and short of it. Some horses will will keep doing it for years and years, and they're sound and they love love racing. And some horses just as they get a bit older, they lose their lose their enthusiasm a bit. So, um, I think we we do have a system where they're not they're not getting work very hard every day. So it gives them an opportunity to to do that. But but you need a horse that has has a good aptitude for the game. Lastly from me, yourself, your brother and your father, how much rivalry actually is there um, at any stage and how much pleasure do you take in each other's achievements? I think there's a, I think there's a healthy amount of, of both. Um, we all want to win. We're very, very competitive. Um, but when Donica wins, when Dad wins, uh, when I win, we're, we're all very pleased for, for whoever wins. And I mean, in this game... Like I said earlier, you're usually picking yourself up off the floor. So, so, so we're we're very happy, very happy when someone else has a winner, and then we appreciate it when we have winners. And some people kind of don't don't believe me when I say that I'm as happy for Donica to have a winner. Obviously, I want to win, but listen, I I know what goes into having a winner, and and uh, and we'll uh, see that. Yeah, you can see that from the outside. That you've, yeah. you've, tell me, how's that? Who's who's most active on the family WhatsApp group when there's a winner? <laughs> you must have a family WhatsApp. We do, group. yeah, yeah, Mom, we do. Does, yeah. Aiden, yeah. Mom, does Aiden love the family WhatsApp <laughs> yeah. group? Yeah, no, I think I, I genuinely mean it. Yeah. Like we gen, genuinely do. I, like I'm delighted for Donica to have a winner and that, and I just want to win myself, but. I don't win. I want one of them to win. That's and that's 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 how it goes. Just like yeah. me and George. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy with you when you get winners. Um, Joseph, I was actually thinking when Donica started training, um, whether just whether any of you would ever consider having a stable in England, mm-hmm. because obviously you know with Aiden yourself and Donica all doing so well, you know just racing's limited in Ireland yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of opportunities. Has that ever been something that you guys have considered? Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we've we've considered considered everything. I suppose. Um, I suppose. Firstly, you know, Donica's still very young, and, and yeah. he's only just he's just finished riding, so he's got a really good uh, spot. He's some lovely horses, good facility. I mean. You know that's all you can ask for, isn't it? So, so you know he's he's very lucky to have the support that he has. But but yeah, we've considered everything, and um, you know probably if you're going to go with America or Australia, yeah, it's, the, like it's the industries are it's huge, it's huge there, isn't it? You know. Yeah, so, no, definitely. It's um, it's racing, kind of scary. The racing really. leagues probably put them off coming over. Yeah, I know. Yeah, God, you got it right, <laughs> kicking. You're right. Yeah, what happened now? I mean, thank oh, you. It was great. Did you, you really think it. that you were going to get through this without us mentioning the racing league? No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I was, I was well, well, well ready for. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it took this long, actually. To be honest. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but it just didn't really pan out. Did no, you slightly I, lose interest in it halfway through or something? Slightly. slightly. <laughs> no. Well, we only lost interest because we were. I'm gonna be last, so it's easily if you're winning, you no, but it isn't. It was it was good to do it. I think it's a great concept, and you know I have to. In fairness to the people that put it together, it was I thought it worked well. No matter what you do, you're going to have your naysayers and people who try to drag it down. But they're thinking outside the box. They're trying to get people involved in racing. They're putting up prize money. I mean that's all you can ask for. So I was very keen to. We were keen to try and support it and to help it. We could have done with maybe another couple of trainers on our team. 
someone like Charlie who really seemed to take it by storm. I nearly, I nearly had a heart attack when I saw you at Windsor that night. I was like, what is that doing here? That was the evening that I commented on your, on your. You did, and I promptly went and won a race and put you back in your I, place. I can't remember. I can't remember. I, can. I can't remember. Did Kevin Blake think you on a tour of Windsor Castle? Did, did we, is that true? Uh, no, we didn't go. No, we didn't go quite to Windsor Castle. We got a bit of lunch in town, and then we went racing, and walked in, and I was tacked up one of my horses, and I see this great big man with a faded orange cap, be, half a beard, old, uh, oh, uh, uh, dirty jeans. Charity fellows would never turn up to Windsor Racecourse looking like this, and I managed to look under the cap. And lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, it was. <laughs> Hold on, I'm way. I, d- I dress up a lot. No, I genuinely, you I actually see Archie Watson at the races. No, I, I genuinely was shocked that you wouldn't dress up going to the races. But that's just maybe in Ireland. You have not seen Archie Watson or George Bowie at a race course. Both of those two. I saw what. I saw what. I couldn't yeah, believe no, yeah. the disrespect. Really? No, yeah, yeah. The lack of respect. Turn up at the races in in the rig out that you had on. He just gets so attached to a garment of clothing. He gets like this. Is this a regular occurrence, George, yes, or was I this mean, just a this, just this had a bad day? It's yeah. awful. Awful. I think my dog sleeps on, sleeps on us, one of them. Not all of us can have our finger on the pulse, <laughs> you know, fashion wise as you, George. No, yeah. quite. It's so nice to see you. Obviously, we do get to see you a little bit at the sales, but out of a working environment. Thank you so much for no, taking thanks, the time thanks to for come see me, us. Uh, George and, and uh, Charity, it's been a pleasure. As listeners know and have heard, indeed, in this episode, Eve Lodge has been an outstanding success for Off the Bridal podcast syndicates, albeit she was sold to new owners pre Royal Ascot, but she and fellow podcast horse Charlie Fellows have been great flag bearers for the syndicates over the last two seasons. And the lads, uh, well, I suppose you're hoping to repeat the trick with new horses to run in the colours in 2022. Tell us, where are we at with Off the Bridal Syndicates for next year? Look, it's been an enormous success. It was something that was cooked up by the three of us on the back of some positive listenership. And, you know, in the first year we had Charlie Fellows, who won a few races. He looked like a really progressive three-year-old sprinter at times this year. And sadly, we lost him due to a freak illness and then charlie fellows sat next to me has come up with an absolute golden nugget in this in the shape of eve, eve lodge which we've we've already touched upon but the syndicate members got well paid out and as a result we very much hope that they'll join us in this year's um podcast syndicate which the horses have been sourced and charlie you have bought a filly by unfortunately and what's I, the story with her i genuinely i love this filly as much as I love Dee Lodge, she is a ripper. She only cost me 10 grand. And the, I don't know why I saw her because she was not on a list for me. I don't know. Someone must have pulled her out or grabbed me at the right moment. And I said, I'll see it. And I watched her and I loved her and I wrote really good notes on her. But I didn't, for some reason, I never put her on a list to go back and see. I don't, it just was one of those things. She just got forgotten about. This is at the Somerville sale, which is the old Ascot sale, and where I bought Eve Lodge. Anyway, I forgot, completely forgot about her. A Couple of days later after the sale, I got an email saying, you saw Lot so-and-so, what did you think of her? And I went and looked at my notes and they were really positive notes. I was like, oh, I really liked her. And they said, well, we didn't sell her, would you, any chance you'd come and see her. She's just over towards Ely. So I jumped in a car 
a couple of days later. Which I, which I think that's as much an indication of how much you liked her as anything. My notes were very, very positive. Like, if, if, it, if it had only been lukewarm, I wouldn't have done it. No, no. But my notes were that positive. I was like, I better go and see this. Uh, and I, she just came out and she's just a rock star. She's big, strong. She's bred to be a sort of sprinter, sharp filly. But she's got a bit of size about her, and she's just got a really nice way of going. She walked. She's a queen. Down she's a queen. And I, I like it's early Don't days. Deal. So, Don't but deal. ten grand, ten grand, in my opinion, was an absolute steal. And um, so she's going to be one half of it, and George has got. Well, like in my typical my fashion, I sort of blew the budget slightly. <laughs> so, but I bought a really, really um, racy son of a day colt. So we've got a colt and a filly. In Ireland or Donny? No, well, it was Somerville, so at Tatsall's. He was consigned by John Troy, who's a hugely respected consigner, who actually was the consigner of Hurricane Lane, Lane who's obviously run so well in the in the arc. And he was just a horse that just, as soon as he came out of the box, he just came out with power and purpose, dropped his head, saw him a few times, dropped his head, wanted to get on with his job. Like Charlie's filly, you know, when you're purchasing horses... At, on, on a shoestring budget which you know if, you know let's not beat around the bush we are at this stage for this syndicate you've got to forgive things neither of these horses have pedigrees big pedigrees like neither did charlie fellows neither did eve lodge necessarily it turned out that eve lodge's um sire our dad was a freak but that's by the by but this a day horse doesn't have much of a pedigree but he's a rocking two-year-old type you know He's got all the power coming from behind. He's he's been broken in. He's got a fantastic attitude, and I envisage him hopefully breaking his maiden this side this side of Ascot, and you know we'll try and live the dream. But two really exciting horses. The share price is two and a half thousand again. There's only going to be X amount of shares, and they're going to set out very quickly. So we'll be releasing that um, information before the podcast comes out. And yeah, really looking forward to it. It's great. Some partnerships seem to be lucky, and these off-the-bridal syndicates have struck a chord with people, and as a result, the interest has been there from the start, hasn't it, with these? Yeah, exactly. This, this syndicate will definitely sell out, and um, you know we're really looking forward to it. And are we hoping with you know eras, a different era, hopefully, from next season on? We've had two difficult years, and yet the partnerships are blooming. Do we think that next year could be even more fun for it? Because it, things are just, we'll offer a sort of scope for stable visits. and Needs to be. It needs to be because, you know, we have been through this. You know, we need to make sure that everyone gets the value for money. And It's one thing that we weren't able to do with COVID around. We weren't able to do the social aspect that we really wanted to do. Yeah. A couple of live podcast events in the pub, a couple of, you know, stable visits. And all of that went out the window, which was the whole point of putting this syndicate together. So hopefully... Yeah, that'll be back on. We're doing a live podcast, which I need to talk to you guys about. We're going to get some dates, and no, it's fantastic. We've got a busy two weeks ahead with the sales, and then we've all had a long year. Start to wind down. Enjoy the winter. We've both we've all got young children, and I'm really looking forward to spending some time with mine over I the winter. To do bath time. You're going to bath. I'm, I'm going to bath. bath Tony, you're gonna head off. homework time for the homework. two teenagers. Yes, yeah, oh, to oversee. So um, that live event, um, uh, we will post that on the twi- our Twitter account at Bridal Podcast. So there's a chance for you to come along, hopefully, if people are interested in buying a share in the horse and just anyone who's interested in our podcast. So do take note of our Twitter account. I think that's us then, guys. That's a wrap, isn't it? We'll, yeah, we'll say great. we're all Joseph, done. Joseph, what a... Honestly, him, it's just it? so Fantastic. nice to just catch up with him. He's yeah. just the nicest guy. Good 
Great, great That's guest. So much about him. What a fantastic guest. Um, lastly then, tips. What's winning in the next month? Or what horse are you looking forward to running, shall we say? Hoping that you'll win with. I'm looking forward to running in Gisati in the old Roly Cup on Friday. He was very impressive in the Dubai Duty Free. As we've discussed, he's a horse I've loved for a long time. We think the step up to a mile and a half will suit him. And it's a 150 grand handicap and he's favourite. So Really? Yeah. Fantastic. So I'm looking forward You're to like that. that. And I'm obviously now quite looking forward to the dream in the champion sprint because... I'm not convinced it's the strongest champion sprint in the world. Uh, and I think she'd go there with a massive chance. A filly of mine called Mistrix, who just looked a nice filly. She, I don't know what she had decided she was on at Newmarket, but hung from the outset. She won't do that again, I'm sure. And uh, she's well handicapped. So she'll, she, I'm going to put her away on a positive note. And hopefully it's a winning note. Thanks, chap. So we think we'll be back anytime soon after our rather long layoff. We're going to aim to be a bit keener. We've got to try because um, this has been far too long in coming. But yes, definitely. 100%. We'll be back soon. It's official. I'd love to promise that we'll be back in a couple of weeks or so with episode five of the latest series. But given our track record, I think most regular listeners would raise an eyebrow at that. So instead, I'll say we'll meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. But, 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 we will be back. So until then, thanks to our producer, Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. Thanks to our partners, Fitstairs. And many thanks to our special guest, Joseph O'Brien. Please don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, do give us a review, preferably five stars. On behalf of George and Charlie, and also myself, thanks very much for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.